Ho, everybody. Merry Christmas from the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can find me at Dan Urban MMA. And you can find the podcast at Couchside Judges. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else that you're listening. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review. And we're going to talk about MMA judging, so you should familiarize yourself with the criteria, which can be found at abcboxing.com. You know, I, I do want to correct you on one thing, though, uh, in your intro. It's it's not Dan Urban. It's it's Danta Claus. Oh, that's right. I forgot. My bad. Yeah. I'll be flying later. <laughs> well, would, well, you already oh, did. I already flew. I'm sorry. You already did. It's I, Christmas Day. That's true. It's You're Christ- getting mixed up, Danta. Getting mixed up. <laughs> so what what are you what are you up to for Christmas this year? Uh I'll be home. I'll be then I'll be working. With like sixty people, you can have sixty people over? Uh, this is the year to do it. Yeah, we're packing it. We're packing it in tight like sardines. No, I will be at work. Oh yeah, right on. I bet you would. Mm-hmm. Figuring out all the crazy people who've uh done shenanigans in, in your town. For sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me, I'll be I'll be enjoying the smiles on my little boys' faces when they find out what Santa brought them. Yep. My five year old asked for a pedal bike. Yes, that brown pedal bike with the red stripe. That's right. See see what uh see what he ends up with. And uh and my little guy who's almost three, he'll be three on uh, on Sunday. Happy birthday, little guy. And he would like a cookie. Yes, kid after my own heart. Uh we will see if Santa makes their days. I think he will. I, I think they're going to be left with smiles, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Santa's going to come through. I for think. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Santa's going to come through for you guys, too. We've, we've got a fun past judgment for you. We obviously, for the first time since July, we have no live fights to look forward to this weekend, which I'm totally okay with. I need a break. Yeah, I'm down for a little bit of a break, but then I'm, I totally Saturday night's going to come and I'm going to be lost. Uh not me. I know how that's no, going to go. This but... is great. I, I can't wait to just do whatever the heck I want to. <laughs> I mean, I'll be working too, but I also get to just do what I want in in, in a certain sense. <laughs> yeah, what I want is going to end up wanting to watch fights. Uh that's fine. So... You know, get the uh, you know, get the bug back. Yeah, but you, I... unfortunately, you don't have you don't have any college football to watch too. So you're really left. Well, we'll have some. Well, I think they have a couple uh, bowl games that don't matter already. Is it that quick? Yeah, bowl games have started already. Oh goodness, I don't. Yep. Yeah, college football. It's a great sport. I mean, football's great, but, you know, I'd prefer to watch them when they get paid appropriately. I don't know. To some degree. Yeah, we'll see. I was always an NFL guy over college, and it slowly beat me down to where I'm like, these kids really are out for the love of the game, and I I don't see that all that often. No, and I I will agree with you. I mean, these kids, obviously, most of them are not going to go pro. We know that, and uh, I do appreciate that the fact that these guys, they just they still love it, and they want to keep playing uh, as long as they can, and and they get to. They got a platform to do so. Uh, you know, nothing, no hating on the kids. Absolutely not. But I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. We're, we're here to talk about MMA. And of course, like I said, we have a gift for you guys. We have decided to look back at the fight that started it all. And I don't mean all the way back to Hoist Gracie, because obviously judging was not really a factor at UFC one. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, was there even a time? There was no time limit. So there was no judging. No. Yeah. No, there was no judging. Didn't happen. But. The fight that made this whole sport explode from niche status to what we have today, where it's a billion dollar company that ended up getting purchased now is on ESPN. And apparently they're going to be having fights on ABC Network next month, supposedly. Uh, oh, so they're saying for you didn't know that. I did not Can I know break that. A little news for you. That's pretty huge. 
this was been this has been reported around. Uh, I, I think I saw it on MMA Junkie. I saw it on a couple places. I think. Uh, yeah. So the the card, the January 16 card, when they come back, that is the Max Holloway fight. That is. This is the step to go to. I think is to get the fights on prime time, like all the other sports. Have them battle for your contract to pay you for your product. And not well, make I mean, it's not like dude, we had Fox fights for the last almost ten uh, years. No, I get I get that. But I mean where it's this is the prime time fight of the week. Like no, we have the prime time game of the week for you know, mm-hmm. NBA has is on ABC. Uh, f- uh football's on every single one. You know they're get, going head to head with the football playoffs so, too. Gutsy. I don't, that is gutsy, especially that card's a good card though. I think that's a card uh, but but what I was saying is Get away from charging the fans the pay-per-view and get into charging the networks to buy your product. And I think that's the ticket to the big fight uh, salaries. I think that's the ticket to just taking this thing to the whole next level. Uh, the ticket to getting the better salaries is definitely for them to work together. They're never going to get paid appropriately otherwise. But it will incrementally make it slightly better for everyone if they do get more exposure and stuff. Yeah. So I'm happy to see that. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, that that's actually something to look forward to for you as well. Congratulations, you got you got a whole new thing I broke for you. Yeah, and then without this fight, that's not even possible today. Correct. This fight is Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner won the Ultimate Fighter finale. Great fight, classic fight. Amazing. It truly did start the ball fifteen years ago for this to, like I said, explode uh, the way it did. We all know that. I'm not, you know shattering anybody's interpretation of that fight i think we all know that this was just one of the most pivotal moments in the entire history of this young sport you know so much was riding on it it really was um i don't know that they really anticipated what would actually happen after that but we have what we have and uh now we're gonna be talking about it so before we go back and you know we judge it and we look at the rounds right round by round of this fight dan let's explain again how we do this. What's past judgment scoring like? The CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. But we just made a few key changes. A 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off two Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott, set up the fight that set it all up. That's right. So like I said, this is the Ultimate Fighter uh, number 1 finale that took place at Cox Pavilion in Las Vegas on April 9, 2005. We're, We're closing in on 16 years, really. We're actually close to 16 and 15. Uh, some people may have forgotten though, over time that the headliner for this was not Griffin and Bonner. It was Rich Franklin and Ken Shamrock. Yeah. That they even mentioned that in the fight. They go, we still got another fight. That's right. <laughs> Everyone kind of forgot about yeah. that. then. I mean, it was just such a wild thing and definitely anticlimactic as Franklin took uh, Shamrock out in under three minutes. So not, not really, uh, anything anyone's going to really have remembered other than, Oh, that's a little factoid. Anyway, Griffin came into this one, obviously off of the Ultimate Fighter show. Uh, he was 9-2 and two as a pro, 25 years old. He turned 26 over the summer. Uh, his only losses of his career so far were to Dan Severn in his pro debut. Hell obviously a, a Hall of Famer. What a debut. That's I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> this was back in the day, man. This stuff happened. 
Um, <laughs> it doesn't really happen as much anymore. Uh, and the other one, of course, Jeremy Horn, who's fought everybody. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big law, a uh, big fight, big name. Absolutely. And and actually, he had beaten Chael Sonnen by yeah. triangle a couple years before this one. Yes, sir. I know that because Chael put out a video about failure, about he had to get a sports psychologist or something because at the seven minute mark of every fight, that's when things go downhill for him. Interesting. And uh, lo and behold, I think it was a second round triangle that Griffin won with. Was it second round? I'm I, I, sure, didn't, yeah. I I thought it was a first round one. I think it was second. I could be wrong. I, I didn't actually note that. I've seen that fight. It was, it's was. it been a long time yeah. since I watched that fight, but yeah, I did watch it uh, probably about like 10 years ago. Uh, it's like it, it was probably on YouTube or something like that yeah. when I found it. I have yep. no idea if it's still up there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, he had to beat uh, to get to the finale in the semifinals on the show. He beat Sam Holger by TKO. Second round. Bonner, he had just turned 28 during fight week, and he was 7-1 and one as a pro. His only loss was by a cut stoppage against... A young fighter named Lyoto Machida. Ah. Two years before this fight, actually. And to get on to into, into the finale here, he had to beat Mike Swick, who, of course, as we kind of figured out, was a much more natural welterweight than 205 pounder. Yeah, way up in, in weight there. So he subbed him by triangle armbar on the show, uh, first round. Mm-hmm. So I by the way, Dan, I I didn't mention this before. I did not watch the show live. And I've actually never gone back and watched the Ultimate Fighter season one. Oh, really? Never watched it. Oh, I probably I, never will. I'll be honest. I I don't see much reason to go back to it. All right, so I never watched it live either because I wasn't. You were you weren't quite uh, across into, the sport yet. I wasn't into the sport yet, but I did go and I did ended up going back and watching all the seasons of of Tough up until I caught up where it was you know live. Yeah. Uh, season one, you're gonna definitely hate some people. And you probably you'll probably grow real fond of Chris Lieben, I think, actually. Okay. Like sort of, I feel bad for him, but you know he's, he's a good-hearted guy. Uh, uh, you know, deep down. All right. But no, I I will never go back and watch. I promise yeah, you, okay. I'm never going to go back and watch it. Yeah, and it was fun. Oh, it's good to know. Yeah. But anyway, the judges for this one were Jeff Mullen, Dolby Shirley, and Tony Weeks, who's still at it in Vegas. Good old Tony Weeks. Yeah, it, and we was we were just saying this right before on the show. Tony Weeks, everyone, I think, still points to, oh, Tony Weeks, boxing judge. He's been an MMA judge for well more than 15 years. I mean, this wasn't his first Got to be approaching fight. two decades, if not over the, it already. The guy has been in the sport of MMA for a very long time. So if you're still pointing out, oh, he's a boxing judge, I mean, come on. I think he's seen enough fights by now. He's watched a lot more fights than you have. Yeah, and, and we can probably we can say the same thing about the referee in this fight. I think we can. Herb Dean, Absolutely. Batman's been around for a long time. <laughs> now, the unfortunate thing, because as as is the case with often many of these older fights, if it's not a unanimous, you know, 30-27 or something like that, we don't know what individual rounds were scored. But I think you and I are going to take an educated guess as to yeah, think, how the rounds were scored. I think we can scored. decipher it. Well, we'll do our best. We're This is just guesswork, though. So uh, bear with us on that one. So let's, yeah, I mean, let's dive in. We've got a three-round fight here. Round one. What's happening, Dan? Uh, super fun round. Right out the gate, and uh, what this was not was this was definitely not a masterful stand-up uh, fight as far oh, as good technique God, goes. No, I mean, I, I think it was in this round that that Forrest at some point he pulls out like almost like an overhead, like swinging a hammer punch. Yeah, from, like was, a, halfway across the cage. And I mean, in credit to him, he's never he's always said he has bad stand-up, but yeah. it was just fun. Uh, and Griffin landed the bigger shots early, so you're like, oh wow, he might be pulling away with it. And then Bonner comes back and lands the big shots later. 
He uh, does. He definitely pulled it closer because I was feeling like, oh, this is this is a really good Griffin round so far. Right. Yeah, because he, he was landing some stiff shots, and then Bonner landed his own stiff shots, as I mentioned. I still think Griffin had the edge, uh, and then it hits the ground after Bonner started getting some momentum. Uh, Griffin takes the back and switches to an arm bar, which couldn't, from our camera angle, we couldn't see exactly how bad he had it, but I thought it was a good enough attack where that sealed the round for me, and, and I went 10-9 Griffin. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about Forrest Griffin getting this round too. I think after I watched it, because I watched it twice today, uh, I just I figure why not because it's a fun fight, obviously. Great, uh, and and of course we were going to talk about it, but yeah, I mean this one I definitely felt much better after watching it the second time for Griffin. Uh, you know, again I saw it from the first way too, but but it, it kind of cemented it. And then I even looked at later on after I watched it both times, I wa- I looked at the the UFC stats. And if you look at the strike numbers, Griffin outlands Bonner 40 to 19. And he's got the sub, of course. So we're talking about a situation where I thought he was doing well, like just just from like the eye test, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the numbers and they really do seem to back that as well. Yeah, I actually looked at the numbers for this one, too, just probably because Joe Rogan told me to at the end of the fight. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's right. He was talking about that. So, I mean, that's probably what triggered me to look at it. But yeah, I was I was a bit surprised with with some of the numbers throughout these rounds. What I should what I should say though, because you, you're saying, oh, uh, Joe was saying, oh, you got to look at the numbers after, and probably somebody outlanded by like a punch or two. Yeah, not even close. So, like, right. we'll we'll I'll mention what the uh, overall strikes landed are at the end of the fight, but it is it is not one or two punches. <laughs> yes, Joe's not very good at math. Yeah, so we both got it ten nine, and we can probably agree that the judges had ten nine for Griffin. I would I would bet that all three had a 10-9 here. I'd be curious to learn that one day. I, I'm sure somebody has those answers. Yeah. <laughs> that would just be interesting to know that all three, you know, did all three judges actually line up, not just in their final score, but in the individual rounds? Because that's, that's obviously, sometimes that can be misleading. Over the weekend, just this past weekend, we had a, a ton of uh, fights that were 29-28s, and they were unanimous each round too, but that's not always the case. Not always the case. Round two, though, I think this was a much clearer round for the winner, right? Uh, I definitely think so. And, and what a round it was. The pace on in, in this round was was just on a whole nother level, which you don't except for the part see. where they had to stop the fight. That's true. There was a about two minutes in, was it? Maybe a minute. And I think a half. it was about two minutes, like a minute or two in. Yeah. And they stopped the fight because Griffin's busted wide open over his nose and just smiling like, like a yeah, maniac. He thinks it's great. Dana White, they cut to him real quick, and he has this look of panic on his face. Like, oh my god, no, we can't have this fight stop. He was, he was, he was nervous there. By the way, noting noting the appearance of uh, Dana White in this, obviously, you know, he he was past the point of holding on to the little bit of hair he had left. He he already gotten rid of that. But man, present Dana looks like he would have eaten past Dana. And I I want to mention Dana's voice has uh, deepened since his voice was a bit high pitched. His voice was a what bit you, high pitched. What are you, you implying? I'm not implying anything. I'm just saying his right. voice was a bit high pitched. Okay. All right. Some people, you know, some people hit puberty late. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> get back to the fight. And and Bonner was landing bombs in this in this round. I thought he did a high degree of damage. I did think. Yeah, I think everything he la- like just about everything he landed had bad intentions behind it, and it, and it really accomplished that. And and it, visually, you can tell. Yeah, and and Griffin kept it competitive. He he was in that he was in that round, but I thought for sure, especially early on. I think. Yeah, I I just think Bonner a hundred percent checked damage pretty clearly. 
and, and I thought that was definitely enough to go 10-8 for Bonner. Yeah, in our system, we only need the one D. Right. If if it's if it's a very heavily weighted D, we have the chance. Every time I say that, <laughs> I the double connotations of it, and it makes me laugh. Anyway, uh, we're all adults here. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think again, our system allows for us to if we're, if there's one D that is very strongly uh, weighted in one in someone's favor, we do have that option to go to that second level and differentiate if we feel the need to. And I I, I totally agree with you. I think this meets uh, what we would pass as an eye test for a ten eight. It was it was a very strong round for Bonner. Yeah, for sure. And for definitely sure. a different level of success than Forrest had in the first round. Yeah, and then at the end of the round, both guys are, are just completely gassed. They are. It's like, Absolutely, which is what we kind of expect out of, you know, heavier guys. I know, but these guys were in shape, man. These well, are sure, but I mean, the leanest light heavy, these are some of the leanest light heavyweights. But they're also, think about it this too, they're both prospects too at this point still. Yeah. So, you know, they haven't really been met with a ton of adversity. Like a lot of them, their fights ended in, you know, four minutes or something like that. You know, they mostly mm-hmm. weren't going past a minute or, you know, a round or two. Yeah, that's true. And that'll too. happen sometimes when these guys haven't gotten to that third level, you know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, this is definitely a, a, a battle of attrition here. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so again, we don't know what the judges scores were for this particular round. So I would have to think everyone saw this for Bonner. Yeah, I, I would think so for sure. I, this That's why I feel pretty good about the fact that, you, you know, we're probably right about round one being all Griffin. Yeah. Because this one, it would be, it would be very hard, I think, to give it to, to, uh, to Griffin in this round. So I, I, I don't really see a way in which we could have like a two Oh Forrest Griffin lead through three rounds or through two rounds. Right. Yeah. I, I don't see it. Yeah. Round three though. And, and I'll, oh, I should, before we say that too, the strike numbers on this, just, just for the sake of curiosity, this was a very even round with Bonner slightly ahead. But again, everything he's landing is, is hurting hard. Yeah. So it's, you know, when you're talking about effective striking, you're not necessarily talking about the numbers specifically. Sometimes the numbers are a part of it, but, but in this case it goes beyond the numbers. It just went by the impact of the strikes. And I think like five or six of those strikes in there were knees straight to the face. Yeah. Does he land? Yeah. Or certainly looked like it, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But round three, the, the final round here again, everyone's kind of tired, but, I mean, they they're pushing for it, right? It's 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 a much slower round, uh, understandably, but, but uh, still plenty of action. Still very exciting. Such high tension in in, in this round. It was. You got you, they're doing all these celebrity pan outs. You see Kevin James and, and and a buddy of his like all like super hyped up. The buddy's like the late Michael Clark Duncan. I saw a few times. Uh, Vinny Chase was in the crowd. <laughs> Adrian Grenier, yes. Uh, we- <laughs> There was a grandma right before this round started that the camera pans to, and she's got a soda in one hand, and she's screaming, "Let's go! Come on!" And I was like, "This is awesome! What 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 a great crowd that probably been because it was a small arena. That, that probably was awesome to be there. But, I'm sure it felt like a like a kind of a little party. Yeah, I bet. Or a big party, I guess. There's enough people there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, as we but mentioned, the round itself. Yeah, the pace the pace slowed uh, a little bit, understandably, as it we mentioned, to. but. I thought Griffin uh, won this round. I thought it was close but clear. Yeah, I would say so too. Um, I think he, at the very least, he won on sheer volume. Yeah, and I actually think his strikes, his technique got better as the fight went on. 
It wasn't <laughs> he got more as tired yeah. and less. What do you think? He's just like not thinking anymore. And it's just kind of like the training almost takes just over. Like, yeah. Cause always, he was throwing all straight punches. I didn't, I didn't see really many looping uh, wild punches this round. And maybe I, he was too tired to loop them. That's true. They say that your best, your technique comes out when you're exhausted. I buy it. So, but yeah, this was, this was a great round. And I think, I think it's pretty clear for Griffin, even though it was close. Just playing devil's advocate here. Is, is there, is there some reason that you could see? giving this round to Bonner? Like, was there something that he did that you think could push it potentially? I, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't either. I thought this was not it. I would say, like you said, close, but clear as opposed to round two, which, yeah, I mean, in, in the normal ABC scoring, you would just call that close, but clear. But I think at that point, you're actually starting to say, well, you know, how, how close are we pushing for 10, eight, probably not very close. Uh, in in the actual ABC system, but this one, yeah, I think it just felt like a like a a solid regular good ten nine. Yeah, solid ten nine for Griffin. No questions asked, and of course the final scores for this one, all three judges had it twenty nine twenty eight for the new original Ultimate Fighter Horace Griffin. But you and I, because we did a ten eight for Bonner in round two, that made it a draw for you and I. Yep, we got it a draw in our system. Uh, we agreed with uh, the Fertitas and Dana White that there's really no loser. In, in fact, we also agreed that there was no winner. We, I think we got two winners. And the entire world won, I think. We're all winners. Because you know what? This show if doesn't you're listening exist. to this, you're a winner, too. Yeah. This show doesn't exist if this fight never happens. <laughs> Definitely not. So UFC could be dead by now if, if something like this didn't happen. It probably would be. It probably would have been bought out by, uh, I don't know, Pride or something. Owned by the Yakuza. Yeah. <laughs> or something like who who knows what what would have happened to this crazy sport if not for this fight i don't know maybe if what happens if like forrest griffin just knocks out Stephen bonner in like two minutes oh I don't it's know. just actually, another yeah. fight well yeah well i remember this fight i actually saw this fight live okay Even see i didn't i wasn't into the ufc i wasn't a big fan i wasn't watching every event at this time but i was aware of it i guess but i remember i was on my computer uh playing ultimate bet poker tournament and I believe I, you. That sounds like you. And I, on check, brand. I checked a Facebook. I checked the Facebook and one of my buddies wrote on his wall at the time. It was called the wall said the Facebook wall. Yeah. Turn on Spike TV right now. You have to see this fight. So I'm like, all right, turn it on. By the time I turned it on, it was halfway through the second round. Mm-hmm. So I don't know either of these guys. I don't know anyone's name. I'm assuming the guy's name is Griffin Forrest. I'm <laughs> thinking he's the one that's wearing green trunks. Mm-hmm. I don't well, know who's he, who. Well, listen, if you had tuned in early enough to hear uh, Bruce Buffer introduce, it would have been Stephen Bonner. That's right. Stephen Bonner. Because let's not forget, Bruce Buffer has been mispronouncing names for a long time. <laughs> let's hear it. Let's hear it for Stephen Bonner. All right. Joe Martinez. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I ended up seeing this whole thing. Well, the second half of it live anyway. I was like, wow, this is really good. So this put this put the world of MMA in my on my radar. I didn't okay. really start watching full time until uh, Kotor Sylvia. That was like when I dove in uh, full force. You know what's funny is is one of the first people who kind of made me aware of big things happening in UFC. Other than I definitely there was a there was a feature on ESPN. I want to say it was on like Outside the Lines with with um, Bob Lee. They did like a program on how all these people were getting into the Ultimate Fighter and and how Kobe was talking about going into the octagon. You know, like it was like a metaphor kind of thing not actually fighting um recipes kobe and one of the other things though was i had one of my college professors was a huge ufc fan 
she was so excited to watch uh i i think it was it was one of it was either chuck versus tito or chuck versus uh it probably was chuck versus randy because it was 2000 i want to say it was 2006 or so when this happened oh five oh six okay oh six well the event right after this was chuck versus uh, randy you know what it might have been this one yeah so, absolutely i think now pieces are coming together in my head <laughs> you're helping me here yeah it might have been that fight she was very excited to watch yeah, so that was the coaches because they were the coaches on there and they had the fight at the end yeah that might have been it then uh but yeah like th these were the type of things that started making me aware because i was i was like a very much like a you know a mainstream sports guy you know basketball baseball football those were my big three and they still are you know i still love those sports um but Obviously, I've gotten to the point where this certainly is next to or above them in terms of my fandom. Oh, my favorite top two easy MMA and baseball for sure. Yeah, that sounds that sounds right for you. For me, I mean, it's probably on any given day. It's MMA, football and basketball mm. would be my like absolute top. OK, but yeah, this this was a crazy time. Obviously, you know, we we already talked about what would what what maybe the world would be if if this sport was or if this fight hadn't happened but i'm glad it did of course and, and i'm glad it worked out the way it did because and of course unfortunately there was a rematch for this fight but it didn't live up to the hype have you ever watched the rematch i did see the rematch i'm pretty sure griffin uh grew leaps and bounds since the first fight yeah he evolved as a fighter uh most definitely over time uh bonner never really did exceed what he was i mean he was good he was a solid fighter even then um, but he, he never really achieved greater heights. Of course, as we know, Forrest Griffin ended up beating Rampage for the championship a few years later. We should go back and look at that fight. That was a close fight. Was it close? I, you know, I want to look back at it because I remember Rampage complaining that all he did was get held down. So maybe we maybe we could look at that and see, you know, was there any ground stuff that may not have been all that effective? That's what I, I know. Remember. We could say. I also remember, of course, like, you know, Rampage just could be complaining because he could certainly just complain. Huh? I also remember lots of light kicks. Yeah, that I believe that was Forrest's path to victory yeah. was all the leg kicks he was landing and, and Rampage just ignoring them. As Sounds one like does. I mean, I, I ignored leg kicks for the brief time I sparred. Yeah, how'd that, how'd that work out for you? About five or six in, it doesn't feel too good. Yeah, sounds right. And I'm pretty sure Forrest landed a few more than five or six. <laughs> yeah. But that's it for this fight. We don't have any actual live fights, like we said, for this weekend that we're going to talk about. Of course, there's other things going on in the world of MMA, but we're... Gonna take advantage of this little break in the UFC schedule and not worry about it. I think that's okay. Yeah, I think. I mean, is Ryzen even have a big, big name fight for New Year's Eve or, or anything? I believe they've got some stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember offhand, but I was, I was reading something the other day about what's Ryzen. I'm gonna look it up right now. I know that you, they have that like half wrestling, half uh, like a mix of combat sports events, kind of. I mean, it, Japan in general, they always have a New Year's Eve show i mean whichever promotion is kind of big there whether it's Ryzen or way back in the day dream or even further back um pride pride had new year's events too i believe right uh, i think so i wasn't watching pride at the time i you know forgive me I've, I've watched a lot of pride fights but i couldn't tell you which days they took place on um but yeah no they they have you know they've got some mixed combat sports so there's you know kickboxing and boxing and mixed rules and these kind of things you know it's it's just one of those things they do. So, yeah. So what we have here, the most interesting fight from an MMA perspective is it's honestly it's a really interesting fight. It's it's Kai Asakura and Kyoji Horiguchi for the Ryzen Bantamweight title. Asakura is the champion. Horiguchi, probably a lot of you people who only watch UFC will remember 
He challenged uh, Mighty Mouse Johnson for the flyweight title. I'm sure people who listen to this are hopefully much more involved in just surface level MMA. So they must realize who Horiguchi is and how awesome he is. I remember he always gave me fits in the one UFC game in the creative. <laughs> well, you know, he he actually I know I know you don't really follow uh, Bellator as much, but he came over and he took the Bellator bantamweight title from Darian Caldwell. All right. He came in as the rising champ and he took the belt away. And it was like, well, now the champion of Bellator isn't a Bellator fighter. He pulled an Alondra Blaze. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> Shout out to Medusa. <laughs> uh, there's also actually, there's actually a really good um, women's fight uh, for the, they, what they're calling the super Ant- atom weight. Oh, so not Gabby Garcia. No, it's actually the other end of the spectrum. Okay. Uh, Ayaka Hamasaki and Miu Yamamoto. These are two of the best, like low end lightweight fighters. When I say low end, I don't mean quality. I mean in terms of their actual physical weight. Uh, Hamasaki's been in the game for a long time as as just a really incredible uh, woman at the lighter weights. So you know that you know I want to shine a little light on them as well. All right, so that's pretty much it for on the MMA front, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I th- but that's on that's on New Year's Eve. So oh, we're, that's, we're, that's, that's a few that's a ways, ways away. away. There's, of course, there's I think there's smaller shows that are still happening. Of course, it's it's just not stuff we're going to be talking about as much. Again, I'm happy to take this little break from the UFC schedule, and hopefully, I'll take in a fight here or there. If someone has a fight that I that we should watch, let us know. Especially if it's one that would be some interesting scoring. Uh, and is a fun one to watch. We should do that. You and I actually, we have been assigned one by a judge uh, who shall remain nameless that you and I must watch soon, I think, right? Yeah, is that a Cage Warriors fight? It was a Cage Warriors one, yes. Yeah, let's do yeah that. so we'll check that one out. I think I think one thing we should do, Dan, is is we should look for like a couple fights or, or scout around for a couple fights that were both fun and had some interesting scoring that were not at the UFC level that we should be, you know, maybe do as kind of like a... a like almost like a a recap contested rounds from the past year. Oh, okay. You just find even just three or four round scores. It doesn't have to be whole fights. You know, just it's just certain rounds that can be like, well, what was going on in that one? I think that'd be interesting. I could think of a couple regional events offhand that I'd like to. Yeah, watch. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, regional, wherever. I mean, if it's in Japan, if it's as long as it's done in you know the ABC scoring criteria, yeah. or at least contested with something that re- resembles the actual. MMA rules yeah. that are used in in the uh, the ABC. Andy Main then, versus yeah, Kenny I, Foster. Yeah, I think I think it's something we should do. It'd be fun. Yeah, Andy Main versus Kenny Foster is the one that that jumps out to me. CFFC event in Morristown, New Jersey. Of course it would, because time. we know Andy Main. We're a little biased there. Let's let's be fun. Let's be honest. We've known Andy for many years. Yeah, I, I kind of remember the whole crowd being upset when that score was read. All right, we could look back at that. We could find that. I mean, that must be on uh, Fight Pass, right? It should be. I mean, it was a CFFC event, probably like 2014, 2015, maybe. Oh, wait, you, oh, you want to? No, no, I'm talking about this year, dude. Oh, this year you want to do? Yeah, no, we're not going back to. Oh, oh. get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I, well, maybe I wasn't listening. No, I just want this year, just this year. Oh, this year? Good. Oh, yeah. I'll have to scan. Well, you, there's a lot of fights to probably choose from. There's sure are a lot of fights, but we, we know a few people who've watched a lot of fights, so I think they could probably help us along, right? I think so, for sure. Yeah, we'll figure it out. So yeah, no, nothing to preview, but we do have before we go and send everybody back to their Christmas stockings and their and their you know footy pajamas and everything that they're doing on PG you know on on Christmas Day. We have a movie that I assigned you to watch, which you haven't watched until now. Yeah. Inception. I enjoyed it. It was okay. Inception's okay. You just feel okay, like I I got questions. Yes, I, you should. 
Just many questions. I feel like, I mean, at this point, we're not, it's a 10 year old movie. We're not worried about spoilers at this point, right? Uh, no. Yes. I mean, so everyone. If, if you, if you haven't watched Inception, you don't want to be spoiled. I mean, turn it off. See you later. Yeah. Merry Christmas. But anyway, they all have this one thing when they enter the dream state that they take with them that no one else knows so they can determine if they're dreaming or in reality. Right. And their totem. That's what, yeah, the totem. And Leo's got this little dreidel type thing. The top. Or a top. And his wife, Molly, or it was, it used to be hers, right? It was Molly's. And then he took it. Her name is Molly? Or Mal. I think her name was Mal. I thought it was Mal. Mal, Mal. Same thing. Mal, Mal. Same name. Anyway, I think it was hers. And he, and he, when she, I guess, dies or whatever, (laughs) he uses that as his now. And the thing is, if it topples over, you're in reality. If it just keeps spinning nonstop, you're in a dream state. Right. In the very final scene, he finally sees his kids' faces. I mean, he didn't want to see them for the whole first half of the movie. And then now he decided, oh, I get to see them. And he spins his thing on the table. And it goes around in a circle like it. It's going to fall, maybe. Runs out to mm-hmm. see his kids. And then the final picture is it, it's just spinning. But it's teetering as it's spinning. So I'm like, I don't know what to think here. Well, that's the point. Yes, so, you've arrived at the point. Well, let's ask you, it, it, did he get out or no? Well, here's the thing. How many layers did they go? They said they never went three layers deep. And I think this guy's like in the 10th layer. They <laughs> well, just, that's the thing. Yeah, he just kept well. going and going and going. And mm-hmm. then I don't get why uh, Joseph uh, Levitt Gordon or Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Why he's the only one that doesn't have gravity. That confused me. Uh, while the other ones are skiing on that like military base thing, yeah, like they all have gravity, but sure, he doesn't have gravity, and he's in he's in a, a hotel at this point. So why is his world gravityless, but everyone else's has gravity? I believe the reason why anyone doesn't have any gravity is because the car is falling. Right, the car car is falling, but the other, those people are in the car with them. Sure. So they have gravity on that mountain when they're skiing. I actually didn't get the chance to watch this movie over again before we did this show. So I'm trying to think if there was a reason, but I can't think of one right now. Maybe I knew but at some point, but I've forgotten. I mean, they mentioned some reasons why they wouldn't have gravity at some point. Mm. I mean, but it doesn't make uh, sense. The, the cent- honestly, the central reason is don't worry about it. I guess. I mean, I was yeah. kind of worried. <laughs> I was kind of questioning everything. No, I understand. I mean, it's, it's fair too. Absolutely. I don't get why the girl uh, decided to make, them have to ski like she was the designer of the worlds that they were going to that character is the one who's building these worlds so i don't get why the creator of these dream worlds is making such complex dreams the architect yeah yeah why why make it where you have to ski now making it more difficult for yourself i believe the whole point of all you know making this so intricate and stuff is is to not or just to throw off the scent of that this could be some sort of like planted memory they they don't you don't want to make them aware that they're being accepted of course i guess uh I, all of a sudden they wake up in the plane like so abruptly like i didn't think they got the kick the kick is the thing that makes them feel like they're falling and they catch themselves what i think happened is i think he came back i think he came back i think he got out i think his final kick is when the van hits the bottom of the river okay that's when i think his kick is to open himself up okay and i think he came back yeah i do th- i also think so so what what would you say now? So now that you watch this fight, you obviously you just said it's okay, which like almost bothers me that you have like almost no opinion of the movie. I well, you know what? I watched it. I turned it on at like twelve thirty last night. Okay. So I watched it till almost three o'clock in the morning. 
I thought you were going to watch it the other day because you, you were saying to me, all right, give me a movie. And I gave you a movie and then you didn't yeah, watch it. Yeah, I was going to. And then I was like, yeah, I'll watch it tomorrow. Oh, and I was fair like, enough. Yeah. And then tomorrow turned into yeah later. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so, so, like, uh, again, I'm going to present it to you the way we did for The Matrix in our previous show. 10 10 score would be a great movie. 10 7 would be, ugh, it's ugly. Another 10 9. I mean, another 10 9. Okay. Going with the ABC here, the 10 9 is a wide variety of scores. You know, I typically when I'm watching a movie, I most of the time I'm kind of like, yeah, this is fine. Like I I've got a wide range of acceptance of movies. Um as long as I don't come in with high expectations usually. If I come in with high expectations, I'm almost always disappointed, so I usually go in not expecting anything and I'm like, yeah, it was pretty good or sometimes yeah, it's great. Yeah, I didn't... Very rarely will I see a 10-7 movie. You know what's a 10-7 movie in this in this little system that I created? Alpha Dog. You ever see Alpha Dog? Alpha Dog. Is that with Justin Timberlake? Yeah. I've seen parts of it. That's with the skate park and they, they abduct the kid. Yeah, it's stupid. It's, it's, a, it's just a stupid movie. Good cast, I never though. felt I never felt like I wasted money more than when I went and saw that movie in theaters. Good cast. Yeah, but you can and have a good cast and, and a bad product. Movie. Yeah, bad product for a good cast. Mm-hmm. I've seen worse movies, but that as far as movies that I went to the theater to watch, that ranks up there. All right. Also, huge Adam Sandler fan here. Jack and Dill is like a 10 6. That actually you Whoa. need to create a 10 6 for. It's just so bad. I never huge saw Adam that one. Sandler fan. I never saw I felt that betrayed. One. Yeah. I felt betrayed by it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Happy not... Gilmore, though. 10 out of 10. Or 10 10. Happy Gilmore's great. I actually heard they want to do a Billy Madison sequel. <sighs> Please don't. And part of me wants it. No, I don't want it. I I would have wanted it like probably maybe even ten years ago. I might have actually wanted it still, but now, oh God, Adam, please no. I would love I would love a movie where all his characters meet each other. I mean that I uh, I could actually get behind that, but maybe not a whole movie. How about just like an SNL skit? Yeah, no, because then we'll be craving more of it. He might be able to do it better as a skit since that's where he started. So as I'm thinking, I'm thinking it would make sense more in short form. Yeah, just don't give me a hundred minutes of it. Actually, okay, that's fair. Yeah, but I will not have a movie to watch for the next show, but I will on Friday. Yes, yes. So we'll uh, we'll we'll come up with a movie for you. I'll make sure to get it to you in time. We don't need to announce it now, but uh, but I've got some ideas rolling around. We'll figure All it right. out. All right, sounds good. And that's it for this one, everybody. I hope you're all enjoying Christmas. If Christmas isn't uh, a big deal holiday for you, then I hope you're enjoying your Friday. Uh, Thanks for listening, and come back again on uh, Monday. We'll we'll have more for you. It won't be covering fights, but we'll figure something fun out. I think it might be uh, our year-end awards, right? Yeah, year-end awards. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.